0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Episode 51 of the live show over on YouTube. Me and Dan just chit-chatted about his season, kind of reviewed it, talked about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. I think you'll really enjoy this one. Before we get into the episode, I got to tell you about something that Exodus still has going on for a little bit longer here. And that is their new Exodus Rival trail camera. Um, It's going to start shipping uh, around February 6th. The MSRP on that thing is going to be $179. And you can save $30 at checkout with the code LAUNCH. And the code is LIVE only while supplies last or until February 14th at midnight. The Rival is a budget friendly cellular trail camera that is reliable, hardworking, easy to use, but still feature rich. Over the last year, the Exodus teams were working hard behind the scene, building their next generation of cameras, taking consumer feedback and delivering, in their opinion, the best budget cell camera on the market. The camera is also backed by the Exodus 5 year, no BS warranty. It's built with the same durability you're used to when it comes to Exodus, but with lightning fast cellular capabilities, easy to use and set up and great photos. So. Use the code LAUNCH to save $30 off each camera while supplies last or until February 14th gets here at midnight. Help support the podcast and Exodus by using the code LAUNCH at their website, exodusoutdoorgear.com. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Hope everybody's doing good tonight. Um... How's Dan doing? We didn't get I'm to talk alive. much beforehand. I was late to the party tonight. <laughs> uh, what's it feel like to be done deer hunting? I don't know, weird. Yeah, it is a weird feeling, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for me, it was, it, was, it was getting to be a grind at the end. Yeah. But when I get like that, you know, I stop hunting for a day or two, and all yeah. of a sudden, I, I got to have it again, you know, so... So right now I'm feeling it. Now we finally got the cold weather we needed for late season and uh, all the bucks are showing up everywhere. And now it's over.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Isn't that crazy? Like there, there are times just throughout the middle of the season, you get kind of like not burnout, but you're just like, Whoo man, I'm exhausted. And then like, mm-hmm. even just sleeping on it for a night, you wake up the next morning and you're just like, all right, let's get out there again. You know? Um, I
1: used to get it worse when I was younger because I used to hunt uh, so much more. You know, I'd hunt every morning, every evening, and work, and uh, and I just wouldn't sleep. And uh, after a while, you know, when you go like a month, month and a half straight, you'd uh, you'd really get some burnout going. Yeah, you'd stop, you'd stop thinking straight. I mean, uh, there's a balance you got to
0: maintain. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, that's like whenever. I mean, it, that's when people ask me like why I hunt and stuff. It's like it's so hard to. Like sometimes I don't even enjoy it. You know, it's like sometimes I just you're, you're like you just got to go for some reason, you know, yeah. um, not that you don't enjoy it. It's just it's just a weird, weird. It's,
1: it's hard to explain the, the <laughs> yeah, because really um, my enjoyment comes from the hard work. I mean, if I had to work that mm-hmm. much at work, I quit.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then that's that's the thing, just like even right now, like today I went and scouted a little bitty piece of public I've never been on that's not too far from here it's like uh I'll probably never hunt that spot you know I, I it didn't you know I just had to go and do something today um but you,
1: you know you know what's good about those little spots like that I mean I'll scout all the stuff around my my place you know or places yeah. that I hang out or go to even if it's a distance if there's something like across the street from where I hunt I'll go check it out if it has any potential at all yeah because sooner or later something big shows up there and you know how to hunt it
0: yeah yeah this spot but is that's right what up. happens
1: with me a lot with these big boxes when uh, something shows up anywhere near me i've scouted every piece of property around here
0: mm-hmm.
1: that i already have a grasp on that property and i know pretty much where he's coming from just from finding out about him you know yeah so that's what that's why that uh scouting all those stuff around you is a good idea whether you hunt it or not
0: yeah i would well, this spot it's like Across the road from a really large chunk of public. And so it's a Mm -hmm. little bit over, it's a little bit overlooked, um, or I thought it would be, uh, but there was a few, like, you know, tree stands on it and a couple of control cameras. It's only like 50 acres. Um, but there was also some good rubs. It's a, look like they clear cut it maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, and it butts up to some private crop fields and whatnot, but, um, I don't know. I'm going to keep an like eye on some it. Some little bit overlooked corner or something in there. Or, yep. Know. Yep. Yep. It was uh they like they did some looks like they did some like tree plantings in there after they clear cut it. They uh planted a bunch of little saplings, little oaks. Well, right now it looks like a, you know, a little CRP field, but it's just full of those mm-hmm. little oak, oak trees. Um they did that at another spot down the road from there. I probably shouldn't start I should probably quit being so detailed about this, but Um, down the road from there, there, there used to be like three really big crop fields. I mean, probably a couple hundred acres of crop fields on public. And it's not real common around here to have crop fields on the actual public land. And, uh, a couple of years ago, they did the same thing. They, they, uh, took it out of crops and put it into trees. And now they're just saplings that are probably whatever, chest high. Um, I don't know. If it's a bad thing or a good thing, time will tell. Uh, and that spot, though, is gets hunted pretty heavily because it's right on the main highway and there's a big, great big parking lot and pretty close to a decent sized town. So, um, anywho, uh, I did pull up uh, a news article this week and I had it pulled up here and I just closed it. There we go. Pretty interesting one. Let me share my screen for everybody here. So this came from uh, Maryland. And this guy here, he actually has a YouTube channel. I think it's called, I wrote down here, white Tail Obsessions Outdoors. Um, he killed that buck on uh, on his right side there. You can see when he was 14 years old. And it was like the way the story plays out is him and his dad killed it. Oh, sound like opening day of gun season. Took it to the taxidermist. And then a couple of days later, the taxidermist called him and said someone had broken into his taxidermy shop and stole his rack from him when he was, and this was 14 years ago. Um, the guy, the taxidermist kind of said, I always lock the racks up. And for some reason, last night I didn't. Someone came in and, and stole it from him. Uh, sounds like they called the police right away. And it was all, during Christmas when that happened. And I guess the police were busy and didn't really get around to it real quick and and kind of drugged their feet. And then nothing ever really came of it. And uh, it's not
1: the taxidermist didn't report it neither. He didn't call the police. He right. called the kid and told yeah, the 14 year old that it was stolen, which yep. seems a little bit suspicious to me, because if my place got broken into and something got stolen, especially if it was a client, yeah. the police would be the first thing I would call.
0: Yeah, and I wonder – I need to ask my uncle this. My uncle's a taxidermist. I wonder what the, like, liability is of that. Like, I wonder if he has to carry insurance for, like, you know, a client's stuff getting stolen. There's valuable stuff in there, you know. Well, you could certainly be sued. I would think so, uh, for sure. Anyway, this guy, I guess in between when he was 14 and killed this giant deer and ended up scoring 185 um, until now – much never stopped thinking about this deer you know obviously he he works or does something in the outdoor industry um and he kind of comments in the article they think thought about it every day and i guess he was talking to a buddy or something and they they talked about uh, maybe i'll throw up a facebook post about uh the the buck uh and and see if anybody uh you know would catch on it and this is you know 14 years later he, he did this and i guess the next next day a 14 year old boy messaged him and said, I know where your buck is. And, um, it sounds like he kind of was like, Oh, whatever, you know, this kid doesn't, yeah. Yeah. Kind of blew him off. And then I guess a couple of days later, the kid messaged him again and had a picture of the buck, uh, the mount.
1: Actually, he said, uh, the kid messaged him back and said something to the degree of, of, uh, you know, I know where your buck is like a second time. Yeah. And he was, okay, well send me a picture and I'll see if it's, if it's the buck. Cause he didn't believe him. Yeah. And so he almost blew that kid off, but the kid did go to the to the place and took a picture of it and yeah. then uh, posted it on that page or whatever it was yeah. where he set it up on Facebook. And then obviously that deer, you couldn't mistake that for another deer.
0: No, no. Um, and it was like 30 miles away from where this guy lives hanging in a gun shop. Uh, he called the police. As soon as he saw the picture, he called the police. It sounded like it took a while for the police to police to get, get to him. And then he finally got a police officer that was a hunter that kind of realized like what that buck would mean to a hunter. And the police officer met him at the gun shop. The police officer went into the gun shop first and uh, clearly saw it was the same buck. And then they went in together and, and grabbed it. And the gun shop owner, I guess, got questioned about it by the police officer. And he claimed that he had some rentals that a tenant had moved out and left that deer in the, in the rental when he moved out. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there was ever really a uh, final say on what actually happened, but uh, this guy that got the buck stolen, took it back to the taxidermy shop. And I guess the guy wouldn't come and look at it or kind of, when he saw he had the
1: buck, he wouldn't come outside or talk to him. Yeah. When he saw he had the buck with him. So um, it just seems suspicious. Yeah, a I mean, bunch like, of if, if uh, I was the taxidermist, even if the, the kid blamed me for stealing it or whatever, if yeah. I saw the kid out there with the buck, I'd be like, oh, he got his buck back. Awesome. Yeah. And I'd come running right out. So obviously there's just something fishy about that. <laughs> I know. Whole thing. But uh, what does get me is, um, you know, I, I would imagine for the most part, most of the investigators weren't real good hunters or or, or weren't into hunting. Yeah, they, they didn't care less. Buck means a buck that size from that yeah. area. Mm-hmm. Because um, there was no follow-up on this or anything. I mean, there should have been it should have they should have found out who was the rentals before, you know, that right. moved out and left his deer here, tracked them down. They should have been interrogated. They should have interrogated the taxidermist. It sounds like none of that really took place. No. You know, the kid had to do all his own work to get his right. buck back.
0: Right but kind of a crazy story though. Yeah. So if you ever get a deer stolen from you, don't give up on it. <laughs> they, they were just, it was interesting too, because it's weird how things like this happen, but you know, he was 14 when he shot it, it was 14 years later. And the kid that found it was 14 years old. Right. Just seems like weird, weird, weird stuff like that happens all the time. <laughs> anyway, pretty interesting. Um, so, something else I was going to start doing on the show before we kind of get into our topics is like share some conservation stuff that's going on around the country. Particularly, like I want to find um, public land cleanups that are going on. Uh, you know, how you uh, uh, like uh, some place like BHA will have a get together on a public land, clean the pick up trash, fill up freaking truckloads of trash on a public land. So, if you guys are ever like in your home state or county you live in, um, have something you want to like promote on here? I'd be happy to like just talk about it for just a few seconds and, and give it a shout out. Um, this week, if you're in North Carolina, BHA has what they're calling a trashy squirrel cleanup. Um, they go squirrel hunting and clean up the public land while they're squirrel hunting. Uh, but if you're in Alexander, North Carolina, that's happening at the uh, Sandy Mush Game Land on the 4th, which is Saturday, and then they're having one. Um, Also on the 4th, same kind of deal, trashy squirrel cleanup um, in the Jordan game land, which is an apex North Carolina. So anybody from North Carolina is on, go over and help them. People clean their all the crap out that people leave on public land. Man, it's uh, trash on public land in certain areas, particularly in one certain county around here. Just horrible. Um, there was a mattress lay, laying in the parking lot of the public land I was at today. Someone just dumped a mattress off, you know, it's like.
1: I had, uh, yeah, we, we got at one spot here where I've been tempted to put up a camera because there's so many people dumping in the uh, parking lot. Yeah. And just recently, somebody tied up a dog and left it in the parking lot in this cold, tied it to the uh, post. And I mean, it's not a parking lot to get used a lot, which is why people dump trash there. Yeah. And uh, it looked like the dog had been there a day or two um, and uh, somebody turned it in and the officials came and got it, but it was, it was on, uh, you know, local news or, or right on Rome Pond. They, uh, <laughs> tied it really? To the pond. I don't, you know, I wonder if that was innocent or, or what, because it could be just somebody finds the dog standing there and thinks, Oh, the hunter lost his dog. He'll be back or something. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got, what if somebody doesn't come back? You can't just leave it tied to a post.
0: Yeah, I mean, this time of year especially, it's not like people are going in and out of those parking lots, like, you know, a couple times a day. Or at least I wouldn't think so. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe you're right, though. Maybe they just assumed the dog, they were hunting in there and the dog um, was lost. But
1: I, I got a uh, interesting story for you about trash and public land. Yeah. So – um we had a guy on uh, Hunt and Beast forum page, the website. Um, oh, this goes back a few years; it's probably five, six years, maybe even longer than that. But he would uh, uh, his whole method for hunting and, and scouting was to find areas full of trash and hunt there because he figured uh, the more the trash, the more the hunters that were there, and they're they coming back because there was deer there. So he would try to find shell casings under trees. He said, if there is shell casings under trees. Like uh like at that time we used to be shotgun only in Wisconsin. Yeah. You could see shotgun shells laying under trees where people hunted, right? Yeah. He'd look for those shotgun shells thinking that uh well here's the spot where deer come by during daylight because this guy's shooting at them. So he I'm like, Well, you're targeting people's hunting spots. You know, and he's like, Well, if they're gonna leave trash, that's their problem, you know. So
0: <laughs> So he'd there look for them,
1: soda cans and then he'd fine tune it to find the bullet shells. I guess that's one way of scouting, you huh? know.
0: That is one way. Everybody. Yeah. Hot tip for everybody. <laughs> I found I found a good spot today. Then, I, uh, yeah, you know it, the stand was in a good, pretty decent spot, but like screwing steps all the way up to it, and then uh, you know lock on up there, and the guy had at the bottom there's like three Mountain Dew cans, and then a bottle of like dough pee at the bottom of the stand. I'm just like, gosh. Yeah.
1: I try to bring out more than I take in with me, but, uh, you can only carry so much trash with you. Too. Yeah. You're filling all your pockets in it and then it's causing problems. It's making a noise in your pockets. Yeah. And, uh, then you gotta do crap with it. Like back of my truck starts filling up with it. I try, but it's like, it's a never ending battle and one guy can't handle it. I like to clean up things. Um, yeah.
0: I know, uh, we did one, uh, there was one that they were, they did in Kentucky at some of the public land I hunt and I mean, just truckloads of it. They picked up out of the parking lots and down the roads and everything else, you know, it's like, man, it's pretty sad. It's, uh, I don't think it's anything new though. It's um, been happening at least for long as I've been around. There's always dumps and everything else, um, on, on public land. Something else that annoys the crap out of me, man is, uh, I was scouting the other day and I was in this like thermal hub. It was like a beautiful spot. And I walked in there and there's like an old ground blind that's like half decrepit and half of it was blown across the, um, the hub. And I don't know, the chairs were, you know, spread out everywhere. And I'm like, See that a lot. it's like, I don't know. There's something about, like, I get excited to go into those, like, cool, like, spots where there's a nice creek and it's supposed to look a certain way. My mind, you get down there and there's someone's crap laying everywhere. It's like, ah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm Uh, not under any delusion that any place anywhere near me hasn't been touched by a person. Obviously, it has. Right. But you you still want to see that pristine look to it like it looks like nobody's been there. Like, you don't leave a footprint. You know, you don't saw down trees. You don't, uh, you know... (laughs) <laughs> drive your truck through the the, the forest you don't you don't know, dump right. garbage you don't do things like that or put up giant rusty tree stands and leave them there forever yeah you, you kind of leave the place the way it is for everybody to enjoy the beauty and stuff it's kind of an eyesore you know um, yeah i have no i i don't mind one bit if somebody's got equipment out there they're legally using to hunt right or gather intel right but when you abandon it or you um just leave your trash lay where you you sit that's not right
0: right something else that's really bad around here is um in the hill country four-wheeler trails people cutting four-wheeler trails through the public land that's always like that's always disappointing to see too because um you know we're, we're not allowed to do that in indiana on public land um so you having this in your head like I'm going to go two miles into this spot and then someone you get out there and there's like a beat down four wheeler trail coming in from the private land somewhere. You know, it's like, gosh, I worked all this.
1: Disappointing when I hunt places that allow ATVs because you, because I just don't hunt like that. And then you get back there and there's just people just buzz back yeah. there in five minutes and it just took you two hours to walk back there. Yeah.
0: Oh, if it was legal whatever, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I know. It I is to it is. Still... Yeah. Yeah. In this case it, uh, it's not. And it's just it kind of it just puts a damper on you because you're it's, oh, it's hard work to get back in there, you know, and then, you know, someone's... the public
1: land by me. I mean, there's trails out there for logging and for DNR access and stuff. And uh, I don't even think those should be there, but they are. Yeah. And uh, nobody can drive on them. But a couple of years back, they did something where they started letting disabled people drive those trails
2: mm-hmm. and they
1: let them shoot out of vehicles. And, uh, like, obviously I don't have anything against disabled people, but we got a guy in town who is, um, uh, um, he's permanently disabled and, uh, I don't know how, because he walks around just fine. He f- pheasant hunts from dawn to dusk every day and taxpayers pay for it. And he, uh, I know he has a local job for cash working for, uh, uh, uh helps out a, a landscaper. Mm -hmm. uh, works all day lifting timbers and stuff, but he's too disabled to work. He does that for cash. So he gets a big paycheck and he gets to drive his truck out there and hunt. And you see this guy drive way out into the woods, park his truck and shoot deer out of his windows and stuff. And it's just like, yeah. And everybody shakes their head. Everybody knows the warden knows and stuff years ago. They used to arrest people like that. They used to uh, set up stings to catch them. And nowadays they don't because uh, they're too worried about getting into some discrimination battle or something, you know, and, yeah. It's a shame that people have to do that. I mean, I would take no pride in hunting like that, but some people do. I mean, that's just the way they are.
0: Yeah. My My old pastor, uh, he passed away uh, last year, but he was he was disabled. He had some leg issues. Uh, and he, he shot deer out of his vehicle, too. He had a permit for doing that, but uh, he was kind of a character. Yeah. Um, he never did it on public land. He always just did it on private, but um just reminded me of him it doesn't bother me as much
1: as i make it sound like it bothers me it more bothers that it doesn't bother this person (laughs)
0: you know what i mean (laughs) 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 yeah it's like don't you have a conscience right right no some people some people don't i don't know um it is what it is it's like uh not that I'm against crossbows or any, anything, but uh, it does seem like that was something else that, you know, my cousin uh, got hit by a dump truck on a motorcycle and he was he was literally disabled like he couldn't – his arms didn't work very good. And uh, he got a permit before the crossbow thing was legal in Indiana, and that was all, all fine and dandy, you know. Um, I don't have anything against people using crossbows. I just wish that they would, like – Actually tell you why they're using a crossbow instead of their your shoulders or your elbows hurting or whatever you know kind of kind of same thing you know i think I think crossbow sure,
1: I, 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 hate, I hate the crossbow haters just the way they act,
0: yeah you know I'm not saying that I'm not you know if I'm it's like, legal we, we you...
1: both we both know a guy who has a permanent injury who's always had to use a crossbow
0: yeah right
1: and uh um he don't have a choice that or he, he don't hunt and yeah. the hate he gets because people just don't realize it. They just automatically assume he's out there, you know, hunting with a crossbow yeah. because he wants to have an upper hand on you or something. And people just, right. just mind your own yeah. business. My Yeah. Opinion.
0: Yeah. For you, sure. you
1: You got it. You got it. You got to The bottom line is every one of us has got to face judgment, you know, to ourselves mm-hmm. and whatever. That's it's, um, What do i care what anybody else does if i Mm -hmm. it it bothered me so much that somebody was using a crossbow and maybe shooting bigger bucks than me because they're using a crossbow i'd have to take a look in the mirror and ask myself why does that bother me am i jealous am i uh yeah you you know have i made hunting into some kind of competition or something you know to me i'm just worried about me
0: right i think uh something else I've, i've noticed is like uh todd uh from Crossbow Magazine, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've noticed, but he's been posting some just random stuff on the Hunting Beasts forum on the Facebook page. And, like, just because his username is Crossbow Magazine, man, he gets, every time he posts something, he gets some, some comments about it. Yeah, that's a shame. It could, it could be just about nothing Crossbow related, you know. It could be just be him posting a hunting story or something, and it gets brought up. But no, I didn't mean anything by by that. As far as you know, you know, I'm not. I don't care if people yeah. use crossbow. I just, I just, I just think people, if they were just honest about why they're using them, instead of just, you know, making some kind of an excuse for it, that's that's fine.
1: Hey, um, did you see this thing? I'm gonna pass yeah. you up on a couple. Uh, you see this thing and see how fast this is growing. I'm gonna pass yeah. you
0: up. Maddie, uh mentioned today. She's like, maybe it was time to trim your beard up a little bit. And then I'm gonna pass you for sure. I thought she yeah. liked your beard. She, she, she does. Liked, well. It? I just I just showered it. Also, like earlier today, it was like it was like. Right,
1: I think you old, should, horrible looking. I think you should throw some beer, burdocks in it. Cut a little off, lopsided <laughs> you
2: know, shape. Take, take your mustache off, it, maybe. You know,
1: bear, do it with a towel, you know, and then you know, get all crazy yeah. eyed. Yeah, look the part.
0: Yeah, scare people away from all the public land around here. Just yeah, go shave. You like a, this.
1: You look like a man with a beard. When you shave, you look like a little boy.
0: Yeah, good. I know. Um, one thing I get commented on is that I I keep my mustache too short. I don't I don't know how people grow their mustache out. Like I I couldn't do I can't do it.
1: Oh, it's great Otherwise, because you you can you can eat something really good, and the next day if you get hungry, you can just lick yeah. your, your mustache and you'll taste it. Yeah.
0: Well, I can't stand what I can't stand about my mustache getting long is like whenever I go to eat something, like half of my beard goes in my mouth, and it, I don't mm-hmm. like that.
1: Yeah, it always gets caught in my teeth.
0: Yeah, and I get so a people mustache. I've I've noticed people commenting on videos just saying, like, you're you see he's like, Your mustache looks weird, you need to grow it out. And I'm like, I can't. I don't I mean I could, I guess, but I don't want to. It's funny. Maybe I maybe don't people
1: those I gotta pull out. I used to always just when uh, I was a kid, you know, remember when you're a kid, you you'd see old people with big bushes sticking out of their ears, and you'd be like,
0: What the hell?
1: Yeah, when I'm trying to get those. I have to go take tweezers and pull them out because I'm not going to be one of those bushy-eared old men.
0: Oh, that's funny. Uh, uh, anyway, we've been talking for a while about nothing here. Um, you want to talk about your deer season a little bit? No, <laughs> I'd rather talk about the next one. But I'll talk about it. What the hell? <laughs> oh, so like I guess uh, now that you've you're done and like looking back on it. How do you feel about your deer season? Like, obviously, no we regrets. all.
1: Know. I mean, I, I had a blast, and uh, um, I chased my dreams. I held out for certain classes of animals, and uh, and uh, I got no regrets of staying true to the end of the season and, and having a blast doing it. And I don't have to kill something to uh, feel like I, I had a successful season. I got out of yeah. it alive. I'm not injured. I feel good, and, and I had a blast hunting. And uh, so I, I'm fine with it. Um, obviously I'd rather, um, kill a giant buck every year, but yeah. I think that's, I want to say that's the third season in my life that I didn't shoot a buck on.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good for as many seasons as you've had now, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of preparing for this, uh, show a little bit. I was watching some of your stuff from this year, particularly the kind of the two deer that you shot, um. Mm-hmm. didn't didn't recover um it was kind of haunting yeah (laughs) especially that first one yeah that was a nice deer yeah he had a hell of a cage on him Mm -hmm. yeah i was uh i i mean i think the biggest thing is like uh, with with for for the hunting beast or the videoing uh, aspect of it is like you taught a, a really good lesson in that in that video um so, I mean, that's, that video is a success in my opinion, other than, you know, the part where it sucks that you had to, you wounded a deer. Um, there was, but... a, there was
1: several things that went wrong in that video that could have been right. Um, and that's why I got so much regret with that hunt. Um, and that was, that's why it was a good one to show. I had showed, uh, uh, my mistakes. It shows I make mistakes too. Um, yep. and several mistakes. It wasn't just shooting a buck in the wrong position. I mean, um, feeling like that was a good hunt to shoot a doe on was probably a bad idea. And that's probably where it started to cannon cannonball the shooting at yeah. doe. Um, I've been pretty patient about not shooting does on uh buck hunts. I've been going in and, 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 um, just waiting, not shooting small bucks, not shooting does, just waiting for a target animal because I know you let your guard down, you could ruin your hunt. And so On that hunt, I just thought, well, I'm going to do an observation here. But even so, that observation was pretty close to where I expected bucks, you know, but I was thinking I can kill a doe here. I'm out of it. I'm across some grass and stuff. I can kill a doe and uh, still do an observation on And I shot that doe without taking a, you know, I always scan around, make sure there's nothing else around, but I didn't scan good enough. And that buck was in the field watching when I shot the doe. I just didn't know he was there. Yeah. You know um so that started it that buck was on alert because i shot that doe so then i shoot the doe and uh i look over and i see a buck standing there and it's a borderline shooter
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know it's a nice buck and uh i'm thinking about it and you, you know contemplating whether or not i'd shoot it it was like right on the, the border And then I look down and see that big buck walking right underneath me, coming in fast. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a no doubt shooter. It's a giant buck, mature buck. I'm shooting this one. He's going to walk right underneath me, broadside or whatever. But he was on alert. He was coming in and was going to anyway, probably. But he's on alert. You could see he's on alert. I could see his tail go straight out. He's looking around like, why did that doe just run out of here? What was that whack noise, you know? But he's coming in. But he's looking all around, all over the place, trying to decipher what happened. And because of that, he he eventually, when he got right underneath me, looked up and saw me in the tree. He shouldn't have saw me in that tree. He shouldn't have looked up. Granted, I'm a little skylit there because of the small trees and the way the situation was. Yeah. He should not have seen me in that tree. But he did because of what I did with the doe. And then, um, legitimately, I can say this. I hardly ever wound a doe, miss a doe, have a bad opportunity at a doe. Yeah. Because I wait for a right shot. Right. And over the years, what I've learned is, even if they spot you in the tree, you just sit there. And if they run, they run. They don't, they don't. But you think it's over. Most of the time, they give you a shot. Yeah. Maybe they turn run, Maybe you know, and it's already a full draw with this buck, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I put it into my head that this thing's about to bolt and I need to get an arrow in them. And uh, I really didn't think it was that bad of a shot to shoot right down its windpipe pipe into its vitals. And it just I probably because I shoot a less lesser weight than a lot of guys, a 50 mm-hmm. pound. Maybe 70 would have punched it in. I don't know, but uh uh I, if I would have just waited and hesitated till that buck turned. So that one haunts me, you know, where that, that buck a couple weeks later that I shot in the spine and the arrow blew up. Yeah. That doesn't haunt me. Right. Cause I felt like I did everything right. Right. It just failed. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that there's much I would change in that shot. Um, but the first one I felt like, that buck got wounded. It was lost. I killed it. Didn't recover it, which is something I do not want to do, obviously. And right. I did that because of my own errors. And that's why that one bothers me so much. You know, not to say mm-hmm. that the second one doesn't bother me. It bothers me, but it's not like the first one.
0: Right. Well, that's why I think it was such a good video. It's like, there's not very many videos like that out there where it's that's so, that's as real as bow hunting gets right there. Like most people won't show that. no, No, that usually doesn't get aired, you know, on most, most uh, platforms. Uh, So that, I mean, that's a positive that came out of it. (laughs) Everybody got to learn from your mistake. Yeah. And that's
1: what you got to do. You got to turn those negatives into positives. And I felt so too. I mean, mean, you can imagine I just took a big pause and I just said, Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to, you know, I wear my, my heart on my sleeve. That's what this is about, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, that from, from me, I mean, it, the guys that film with us or around us and stuff, I'm always preaching, and, you know, if something bad happens. You gotta be honest about it. Yeah. People will pick up on it. You you know what I'm saying? You gotta put it out there and, uh, I gotta do the same, you know, otherwise yep. you guys wouldn't even expect me if I didn't do that.
0: Right. Yeah. It is what it is. Like you said in that video, once you pull that trigger, you can't, you can't take it back, you know. Forward. You can't take that's it a, arrows and bolts back. That's as permanent as it gets. Yeah, um, and it, you, you know,
1: um, you know, you're going to get the, the 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 criticism on something like that. But what gets mm-hmm. me is the criticism. Uh, most of those guys um, would have done the same thing in the same situation, yeah. or they, or they, uh, maybe they wouldn't. But I can tell you one thing: to be awfully tempted, right the temptation is right. there. If you believe that deer is about to run and you believe you can make the shot. And I didn't take a shot. I didn't believe I, I, I could make, I a hundred percent believed I would kill that deer when I pulled that trigger or I wouldn't mm-hmm. have shot. Right. So, I mean, just about everybody that wants to shoot a buck like that, if they believe a hundred percent, they're going to shoot it and they're going to kill it. They're going to take the shot. Right. But I think in hindsight, it happens again. I'm going to try and let it, and broadside, you know, maybe it takes a step back, takes a jump or two, gives me a shot. Maybe it doesn't, and I have to kill it a different day. But I mean, it was a long season from then on, and I probably maybe would have got another chance at it.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: but again, there was other bucks there that uh, I really wanted to get. There's one really huge one in that same area that I thought I'd kill. I had picture after picture of him. I knew where he was living, and I was moving in and out on him in my neighbor's shop. So, right. I mean, that happened too. But you still got to have the respect for the animal to try not to take an empty shot or, or mm-hmm. to just you know, let it go to waste.
0: Yeah, And something like, um, obviously this is a, whatever, armchair quarterback comment. Uh, but it looked like in the video that he was, if he would have been turned towards you just a little bit more whichever way it was, uh, it may have been a better angle too. Like it's like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's also freaking hard to, Judge up there, you know, uh, you the, know camera, what, the camera. The uh, camera angle is different. Yeah, two things.
1: Number one, camera camera angle is different than mm-hmm. my angle. I looked like I was looking straight on at it, looking yeah. straight on at me. Looking at the camera angle, it looked like he was on an angle. And yeah. uh, I don't remember what number two was. You got me. Yeah, set <laughs> me off in the first one.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Is like. Sometimes when you, uh, you know, you pull your bow back and all of a sudden you get so hyper focused on something whenever your, your bow's back and you're looking through your peep or whatever, and I mean, it could have moved even a, you know, five or six inches and it's a different angle, but um, yeah, that's the thing I don't I was know.
1: Say. You know, you see things different than the camera too. Um, yeah. This is going to sound really weird to most of the people listening to this, but I have had things happen on video where you like, you videotape a deer walk by or 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 you shoot at one or or whatever, and you get back home and you watch the footage, and you're saying, "That ain't the book I saw," or that ain't you. What? Cameras don't lie, but sometimes right. when you're in the heat of the moment and you're concentrating on a shot, or you're you know you know what I mean. You yeah, you don't always see things good. And actually, I look at that as a learning curve because then you start realizing, well, you you know maybe I got to be a little more, you know, observant to what's going on around me instead of being so, like you said, hyper-focused on one thing, like killing it, Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of times, you know, you look at a deer and you're just, I'm just sitting there, you know, you you know, say a, a a medium size eight or a small 10 or something comes by and you have no intention on shooting it. You got your bow hanging there. Your bow don't even come down. You're just watching it. And you're thinking about everything it's doing. You're thinking, well, okay. You could kill it over here. You could do this. You could do that. How's it going to do? Watch how it reacts here. But when one comes in, you say, that's a shooter. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about anything about where it's walking, how things are going. I'm thinking about how can I get an arrow in that as fast as possible before it detects me. Right. And that was my yeah. downfall on that hunt because I was trying to get an arrow into it literally as fast as I could before it detects me. Yeah. And as I learned that you're ready. Yeah. Those giant deer, when they get to a certain range, when they get within about 10 yards, they just have a knack figuring you out yeah you want to get an arrow in them at about 20 yards and you but that's not always possible Mm -hmm. and that is one of my things is that uh um giant bucks got to be treated with the same respect that i treat those with it. you got to wait for that shot to be perfect yeah
0: yeah and And it's it's like
1: it's hard i'm not saying i'll never make a mistake again i might oh but yeah i'm gonna try harder not to
0: yeah yeah, that's what, uh, it is kind of crazy how we, um, we want so, so bad to get one of those bucks that we lose our mind like that. You know, it's like, it's like too bad almost, you know, <laughs> it's too bad. We want them so bad. <laughs> it's like a catch yeah. 22. You spend all this really hard earned time to, uh, get that opportunity and then wanting to kill it so bad is actually like a downfall to actually killing it. You know, sometimes, wow. um, on that, on that second book, mhm um...
1: I thought that was a good video too, because, um, I never turned that camera off and I really believed I killed that deer and I just let everybody think I killed it just like I thought Mm -hmm. until I got over there and they got to see my heart drop just like they saw my excitement go up because it looked like on video too, that I killed it. Yeah. You know, um, so that was an exciting video with a huge letdown basically.
0: That looked like a big deer too. Was it, you think it was bigger than that first one or?
1: No, he wasn't bigger no. than the first one. He was big, but he wasn't bigger than the yeah. first one. The first one was a giant. Yeah. Looking at a bushel yeah. basket.
0: Yeah. I could the second one, the the you know, the uh, obviously the deer wasn't as close, so you could, it's hard it was hard to tell exactly how big it was, but it looked like a nice one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um yeah.
1: That I, second one I uh that's public land that gets a lot of pressure. And I put a trail camera in there just before season. And in a thirty day period I, I maybe a little more than 30, maybe it was 60 days. Mm-hmm. I got 40 different bucks on, on, on yeah, it was insane. And there were so many shooters on that camera. I was like, what the heck is going on here? And, there, and it's public land. It gets pounded.
0: Huh? Yeah. That goes that to show you. I
1: guess. Yeah. But the camera wasn't where I hunted though. The camera was probably a quarter mile from where I hunted. Right. But I figured where they would be basically during the season, you know?
0: Yeah right something else i noticed uh, i'm sure you noticed this when you're editing the video but that first buck did you see that your arrow hit a leaf or something when it came out of the bow i couldn't remember if you mentioned that in the video or not
1: i don't think i mentioned but it did mm -hmm.
0: that could have been enough too to knock it if it, you know it knocks it just a little bit out of uh Tune the arrow wise or the messes the flight a lot of
1: things that makes... go wrong on a hunt. I mean, uh, it can, yeah. you can hit a leaf like that. I had uh, if you if you and I know you saw this recently because we were talking about using the footage for for a seminar, but yeah. uh, that buck that I snuck up the tree when it was in the cattails bedded. Mm-hmm. If you watch that footage up close, the reason I blew that shot is when I shoot, uh, one of the uh, one of the fletchings rips off the arrow as
2: mm-hmm. it comes
1: out of and throws the arrow off. Crap like that happens. There's yeah. that is completely out of your I I I mean how do you how do you control yeah. that? <laughs>
0: right right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a. I I shot uh I don't care I'll say it a rage broadhead there for a while um and I stopped shooting them because I was I got paranoid because like I'd put one on my you know, a knock an arrow, and I look over, and one of the blades would be hanging down, or something crazy. Um, it's like, man, you just never know what can happen when you're shooting. A, I seen guys an arrow. shoot those
1: and, and, and hit a deer right in the ribs, and have it just bounce off. I've, I've seen it where they don't get no penetration. I I seen a guy yeah. on a, a guy shoot a, shoot a deer that was uh, uh, over 200 inches. Um, he shot it right in the chest cavity, behind that shoulder, um, but w- obviously we weren't there to see it. You know, it was on a guided hunt, yeah, kind of thing. I, I was there setting up stands for people. If it was an Illinois outfitter, and uh, this guy just said, I just shot a giant, you know. And um, we went in there, me, me and uh, uh, another guide went in there and uh, just started searching for this thing. We couldn't find no blood or anything. We we're like, You sure you hit it? Yeah, yeah. He was using, he was using um, an expandable broadhead, and uh, he said the shot was perfect. And um, uh, we just it was early season. And we just kept going up and down this trail. And then I just looked at the terrain and figured where I thought this buck would go because we couldn't find even a drop of blood. And uh, eventually about, uh, I don't know, 400 yards from the, uh, where he shot it, I found the buck up against a tree lander dead. Mm. Um, and it, it was a pretty good shot. He took out the lungs and stuff. But the the that large expanding broadhead didn't bust through the other side. And there just wasn't no blood, you know. Mm. Yeah, but we seen um, a lot of them back in the day that would hit shoulder or something or any kind of meat backstrap, or they would just stop because there's because mm-hmm. there's so much energy to push that expanded broadhead through any kind of meat or anything, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I think nowadays there's some pretty good ones now. Uh, made a lot high co- higher quality and stuff, but I just um, I don't like. Them. I think, right. I, think they
1: work, I think they work. I think they work okay. In broad-
0: Mm-hmm. But I don't. I, don't well, I, don't, like I mean, I don't shoot them either. But I think they're a, a far cry from what they used to be. You know, um, I've killed a bunch sure. of gear with expandables, though. You know, I, I I hit one in the shoulder and didn't you can find think it. About them
1: when, you, when, you, when you hit on an angle too, like a a quarter and away shot, which is what a guy wants. But you get a little mm-hmm. bit of quarter and away, and if that broadhead starts to go in and and the one blade kicks out it can make that arrow do some funky stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got one yep. blade expanding before the rest of them because of an angle.
0: That happened to Ted Nugent. Did you hear about that? Uh, mm-hmm. I think he was shooting or expandable at that time on a bear where it hit, hit a rib. He actually got a ticket for it, I think, or something up to, in where he was hunting, hunting at. He,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I heard about him getting a ticket for, he wounded an animal and then he kept hunting. He didn't know that that place had a law against, uh, yeah. Put your tag on the animal you shot.
0: Right. Right. But anyways, it deflected on the ribs and just came out the same side as it went in on Mm -hmm. supposedly. I mean, that's that's what it looked like on video. At least. Um, I can't remember if he was using an expandable or one of his, uh, whatever he always promotes. He's, (laughs) he's kind of a (laughs) magna stinger buzz cut, whatever he, uh, whatever he, is always saying uh but yeah something else uh i was going to ask you about is your guys's gun season um obviously those videos are super super popular but how long has it been since you killed a big buck during gun season in wisconsin mm, it's been a few years Um i was trying to think back on videos and i couldn't really remember it's probably
1: been about uh I don't know, six years or seven years maybe. I don't know.
0: Really? Hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I did a lot better when I'd go do sits and I'd hunt like a bow hunt kind of. Yeah. Um, but I really take enjoyment in hunting with the group. You know, right. I don't think I'm going to prove. Um, we get a big buck every every couple of years, but it ain't always me, you know. Right. Somebody in the group, yeah. you know, yeah. we so- get some pretty big ones. J- James got a um, a real big one one day in a spot by a parking lot, but we kind of knew it was in there and set them up for it.
0: Yeah. Um, and I was just I was just curious if you think that's like a uh, there's some reason other than that that there's not as many big bucks getting killed. I think I do group.
1: better if I go off on my own and I stalk. Um. To yeah. Veterinarians and I think I do better. Um. A lot of the really big bucks I shot with gun. Um, were when I was more. Um, hunting alone and, uh, stalking bedrooms. I would go sneaking in, in the bedrooms on a, um, crosswind and try to shoot them when they jumped up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would sit stands too. Um, and nowadays that we, we do a lot of drives we, and when we first started doing the drives, we killed a lot of big bucks then too. Um, but, uh, the pressure's gotten a lot heavier in the areas where we do the drives I think we do got to change some stuff up with the drives and get some better areas. And it doesn't help that we keep getting new guys and you, you know, um, really knowing who you're working with and having people that really know how to push stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Work
1: Those big bucks will find find a way to slip through people if they if they leave a, a weak spot. Yeah. Yep.
0: I just wondered. I didn't know if you guys. You know, know. I, I passed some
1: decent bucks with gun this year on, on Dave's not real big ones though. I mean, you'd have right. passed them too. They were, but uh, this is what it is. Yeah.
0: Do you, do you feel like, I mean, even on public land nowadays in Wisconsin, can you still have pretty good success with big bucks in gun oh, season? For sure. for sure. Okay. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know if it was so bad with overrun with people. If it all kind no, of, we're you know, uh, on
1: Wisconsin. When you go up by your buddy, that's way worse than over here. Okay, that's why I was I was so like wow when you got that that big one. I thought you know yeah. with, with bull, um, because when, yeah, the hunt over here is better. You got to work yeah. a little hard. Here. There's there's a lot of pressure here, and you you got to take that into mind, mm-hmm. and you gotta and you gotta find those spots where nobody's pressuring it. And to be quite honest, too, it, I do. Better probably when I'm tagged out with a bow because I'm kind of worrying about messing up a bow spot by getting rid yeah. of the gun. I know that sounds weird, but, uh, it doesn't mean as much to me if I, you know, gun hunting's just fun. Right. You know, the, the bow hunting is really what I like the up close personal, the chess game kind of thing. And I try to play the same thing with a gun, but it's really a little less fair. Not saying not saying it's unfair, not saying it's bad. Right, right,
0: right, 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 right. No, yeah. It.
1: For me personally, I just prefer yeah, the, uh, the bow.
0: If you had a choice, you'd want to shoot one with a bow other than the gun, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, I just wondered. I didn't know what your thoughts on the Wisconsin gun season. Gary, where, uh, you're talking about where I was hunting at uh, yeah. north of you there. Like, he, he doesn't even go out during uh, gun season there you know he goes up he actually goes north to another buddies and hunts with him up there um he just says it's kind of almost almost feels dangerous out there there's so many people on public land yeah no we don't have i mean we don't have that problem here in indiana i mean there's there's people out there sure there'll be pressure but it's not like a you can still get to a spot and find a spot and all that um anyway any have you guys uh now that the season's over have you had anything with dave's farm if if you're going to be able to hunt it continue hunting it or at least get turkey hunted or anything
1: um i don't know they don't they haven't put it up for sale um the person that was going to buy it um seems to have gotten in a dispute with the owner Mm. and um over the sale of the house or something and and uh because that she's not buying it and uh I don't even know if it's for sale for her anymore anyways, but, right. um, they haven't put it up for sale. They, um, leased out the farming, which seems mm-hmm. like if they're leasing out the farming, they're probably keeping for a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I talked to, uh, Dave's sister occasionally. Um, she's always, um, uh, wonder what's going on with the trespassing guy that bought the house. Oh yeah.
0: So you're saying there's a chance yeah that's your only private land spot you hunt in wisconsin isn't it pretty much
1: yeah mm-hmm. let's say hunt yeah. by my house my house is on six acres surrounded by public right right
0: yeah did uh I, i've asked you this before but like have you guys ever thought about just getting a lease like a group of the guys and just getting a lease together like a hunting beast lease
1: yeah i'd like to i'd like to just to play around on i'd just like to, to have- you know but you know, I don't know um, if any of the guys would even hunt it.
0: Really. it would it'd be, cover. it'd be cool to um to have it and then be able to do like seminars on it and correct. That's do what I was
1: thinking things. too. You put food plots on there and stuff. You do seminars. You show people yeah. how to set up properties, and it'd be fun. And uh, you 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 know, if it gets too easy, you just up the game. But uh, um, I would I would enjoy that.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. It'd be cool to have like a this a spot it's, where you could.
1: Yeah, as far as the group, though, I think, you know, like, uh, I mean, you look at like, uh, like Rick, I mean, we went out and did all that scout and we aren't big bucks. He didn't even want to hunt them. He just wanted to go over by uh, the Conservancy, you know? I mean, we're just 10-pointer coming through this point every day. Well, I don't want one handed to me. <laughs>
0: I don't know if Rick's on tonight or not.
1: I'm sure he is. But uh you know that's that's all right, though he's gotta have for whatever whatever his reasons are for thinking that way, he's got his own reasons. It's like I don't want somebody telling me how to hunt. If that's what he likes to do, that's what he likes right. to do. Yeah, um, but I mean, why even do all that scouting if you're never gonna hunt any of the spots, you know? Um it's fun, you know. I I don't know. I kind of like uh I kind of like hunting with people a little bit because I like it when there's a good bucks coming in and I don't really want to shoot it and one of your friends goes in there and shoots it. I kind of like that. And I just don't yeah. have that. Anymore. I'm sure I'm sure nobody that's watching this would want, even want me to hand them a deer, right?
2: But, uh, <laughs> you know, the thing yeah. is too, I mean,
1: you really don't want to just give it, you know, have some random guy go to one of these spots either. I mean, and I, I kind of like the fact that, you know, somebody that's out there with you side by side, scouting the stuff. Wants right. It, you know.
0: Kind of a team, team deal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, even like, um, I mean, look at me when I go down by you, you're always like, oh, over here. you you like, come yeah. oh, over here. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to go over here and try this. And you're like, yeah. you're come over here. But no, but I want to do this. This is what I do. And it's the same thing. I mean, you just, uh, you know, everybody's got their own, you know. Yeah. About them, what they like to do and how they like to do things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You really didn't even hunt any of the spots I, I, uh, recommended to you when you were down in indiana you went down to a different area which was fine you guys were on good deer there too but um
1: yeah yeah i got i got i got on one i just uh,
0: like go in and, and
1: redo it i would but i mean that's that's how you learn a spot you make a mistake or two i mean yeah. i went in there um that spot i found during the hunting public challenge mm-hmm. saw buck, went in there and and almost killed him Yeah. So then when I went back, I'm like, I'm going back to the same area. I'm going to kill that buck. And I got in there and probably from Aaron that on the hunting public, there was people set up all around the point where that buck lived. Where Mm -hmm. there was no setups there when I went in there during the challenge. But I'm sure people recognize the spot when I on the hunting public's channel. Yeah. So I kind of, it took me a little while to, to fine tune it, but I figured out where the bucket was living. And I, I got a pretty good crack at him, but he came in from the wrong way and came in at dark and I'd probably already boogered him a little bit walking all over the place. So, but now I got another, you know, a little more knowledge of the, of that yeah. spot back down. And, um, yeah, but yeah. You, you know, I do like going to areas that you recommend. Don't take that wrong. I just, I really, oh, like I don't for that buck, you know, but, uh, I like, you know, I like hopping around seeing new stuff and
2: mm-hmm
0: yeah. Sometimes I, uh, uh, a couple spots I think I sent you to, I, I about could have killed you. <laughs> it gets some of that stuff, uh, it's hard to get into. It's steep. Well, I'm, I'm doing far. pretty good now. I mean, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I, I meant when you came I'm the very now. first time you, the very first time you came down here, though, you were like 60 pounds heavier than you are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You always got there. I know that spot I sent Eric the last time he did was it's a freaking long ways away from the, the truck.
1: Yeah. And um, I, I kind of, I, I was liking that spot. That was a good, yeah. good area.
0: Mm, I went in there the other day and did some scouting around.
1: Yeah. I forgot about that spot. I'd like to get back into that sometime.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a big area too. Um, yeah. you can spend a whole week hunting in there. Uh, that's another thing was, is like,
1: I, I think I was like a day late. Cause yeah. That, Cause I ran into that guy at, uh, Still hunting through the whole thing. Yeah,
0: I, w- I went and scouted uh, back to the west or to the east down that hub mm-hmm. uh, the other day, and it it was it was tore up in there pretty much. I mean, that's yeah, a phenomenal ph- phenomenal area. Yeah, on the um, down that drainage back towards the east on the north side, uh, it's like a clear cut there, and it's all nasty and thick on those points right there. So. Mm-hmm. I look like good betting, So that's where Maddie found that little shit at. Mm. That's where Huck, Huck took a dump. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, um, we've been on here for about an hour. You want to get some some questions? Sure. All right. Jason, he asked, what's the most exciting thing about the off season for you guys? Mm. for for me i mean i just i love i love scouting especially going to new areas and scouting just exploring around um that's that's probably the most exciting thing for me i like yeah, i like to find big because
1: because really i mean um in a lot of cases i'm killing the bucks right now yeah the bucks i'm killing next year i'm killing them now i'm learning them i'm learning mm. where to be um a lot of the real big stuff I've shot has come from my homework at this time of the year. Yeah. So I've noticed a distinct, um, uptick in my, uh, my seasons, my, my seasons go way better if I scout more. And, um, that's what keeps me from doing a lot of land consulting and stuff like that is because it's taken away from my own scouting. Yeah. Um, um, I love just finding big bucks and figuring them out. Um, and to some degree, it's almost funner than, than the actual kills. Is just putting the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Like um, just the last day or two of uh, hunting around here and getting into where that uh, that giant old moniker of a 10-pointer is. It's like, wow, I could kill yeah. this. I know, how he's, I know how he's moving through here. I know how he's living in here. I could kill him. Mm-hmm. So now when I get in there and fine-tune that, I feel like next year I can have a really pretty good crack at that buck. So um, that's what's exciting
0: about my off season.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I just, I get almost giddy thinking about like, you know, I know some deer that lived or I think they lived, you know, through deer season and just getting in there and trying to figure those deer out a little better than I did this year. Cause obviously I didn't, didn't shoot them. Um, that's the most thing. That's the most exciting thing for me. All right, let's see here. He says Josh Dan, but this is going to be a Dan question because I'm not—I don't not much buckthorn. Uh, could you share your thoughts on buckthorn and how substantial patches impact deer?
1: You don't have a lot of buckthorn down by you? Not really. Brace for it. That's, yeah, it's just coming. Yeah. So, uh, buckthorn by me is um, fantastic deer habitat. And it's fantastic deer food. It's fantastic for deer period, but it's an invasive species that's taken over and killing everything else. So, um, it's a bad plant, (laughs) but deer love the leaves, and the leaves stay green a lot longer than most other leaves, like well into the fall when everything else is dropping. Um, and the deer eat those green leaves. They love them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, they, the trees are really bushes and they grow in a way that it's almost impossible to get a stand. And I'm sure some of you have seen the videos of me force feeding a tree stand into one of those buckthorn bushes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do it occasionally and, uh, you have to, you have to get in there. And a buckthorn generally, um, is so thick up top that down low, you know once that stuff starts to mature it's just open forest so uh you got to kind of bend down but you can see forever so i mean you know from from maybe chest up it's thick it's a jungle but if you bend down you can see forever so from the ground is very difficult because you don't have any cover you have uh you, you know you have a trunk a tree trunk and no brush on the ground because there's no trees around or anything to fall down and give you a brush and stuff. So there's not a lot of cover. I mean, you can find cover, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot less places to ground hunt and that stuff than there is like in a forest. So generally I want to get into the buckthorn a little bit, get a little bit elevated off the ground to, or find a tree in there. But the trouble is you get specific positions you want to hunt. And then you, you struggle with how am I going to hunt this? And you got to find some way. But um, the great thing about buckthorn is because you can't get a a, a, a conventional tree stand in there. I mean, you can't mobile hunt it with a, a saddle. The saddle will not work in buckthorn. Yeah, can, uh, Most stands won't. My stand won't work in most trees. But there's occasional one I can get it in where I can stuff it in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or you can get on the ground and stuff yourself in there if you can find the right situation and try to blend in but nobody else hunts it because they can't get their stand in there. They can't get their saddle under, they can't get their, their, this, that, or they can't use a climber. You know, they, um, what are you gonna do? Put a pop up in there. You know, then they're going to, see you. So the only way to really hunt it is to, you know, force a situation. And if you can go into that stuff and, um, catch them off guard, I mean, the, the pump we were talking about earlier, not the one at Dave's, but the one on the public, the one where I shot the big one a couple weeks later, in the spine and didn't recover it. Yeah. That's that property that held held all those big bucks in that camera. And that property just gets pounded. Well, I knew all those deer would end up in that buckthorn and they did. And that buckthorn was easy access from the road. I mean, it was not very far walk. It was right there, right where everybody walks up to it and hunts the edges of it. Nobody goes in there. They don't go in there because there's no trees to hunt. There's no place right. to put a ground blind. There's no, you, you know what I mean? So occasionally, like gun season, you have people walk around in there. But they, you know, they got to have cover to bed, but they'll be bedding in thick stuff adjacent to that buckthorn. They'll move into the buckthorn to, to, during the daylight. And that's just a, the buckthorn is one of the most
0: uh, underrated areas right now throw it up here on the screen so people kind of know what you're we're talking about what buckthorn buckthorn I like. uh, got
1: those green leaves that uh the one next to the one you highlighted See the purple berries these right here see the berries here yeah Yep. that's that's the stuff that we have right there that's the buckthorn mm-hmm. um the deer don't eat the berries they eat the leaves those green leaves yeah and um, I don't know, you find one of the trees, but it's like a bush.
0: If you yeah. think
1: of a lilac bush with bigger trunks, that's what it looks like—a lilac bush, but uh, maybe double the
0: size. Yeah, here, there's, there's a good get up here, the screen back up here, like this right here.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, they do get trunks on them that are probably yeah, right, y- y- quite a y- bit y- bigger. Y- yeah. Maybe sometimes you'll see them at the biggest, as big as your waist, but that'll only go oh, like okay. that about uh, three, four feet, and then it'll just branch into a million branches.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. There's a bunch of it undergrowth there. It's yeah. Young stuff.
1: So you got one poplar tree there. We, we get yeah. a lot of like, you, and you you get up, if you do have a tree in there and you can get up that tree, generally the, co- the cover from the buckthorn is so thick, you can't shoot through it. You can't even see a deer underneath you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. I guess we do have a, a little bit of it here, but it's not like I know. I know up in Wisconsin, whenever I'm up there, like, I, I mean, it's very prevalent up uh, there. But about
1: everywhere and it spreads fast. So, I mean, once you have it, it just starts. I mean, yeah. I don't remember any of that from 20 years ago. And all of a sudden right. it's everywhere.
0: Right. All right. We got a call in here, Dan. Everybody, I posted the link to call in. If you guys want to get on here and, and uh, ask us a question live, just make sure. Um, You're in an appropriate spot and try to uh, keep the cursing to a minimum. Hey. Yo. What's up?
2: Cursing to a minimum here. Um, (laughs) Thanks for letting me call in all the time. I'm sorry. You guys are probably sick of seeing me and hearing my questions. Um, Oh, you're good, dude. But, yeah. Josh, you're coming this weekend, right? It's kind of funny that you don't have a beard. (laughs) Dude, I I just shaved today, and you should have seen it beforehand. It was like a whole millimeter long. I've been going for a week. (laughs) I don't know. I think you start to sprout a beard when you have a four buck season, and then that's that's when you're allowed to. So no,
0: for me it was when I was about twelve. So yeah, I have the, I have the opposite problem of you, Jacob.
2: Yeah. Well, I I feel like a real baby, always getting carted and stuff. And now that I'm, I don't know, twenty three is young, but still. Um. So I have to. I'm obligated to give a shout out to Stan P, Ron, and Zeke because they all were mega fans and they needed me to call in today. So they said if I made it in, I'd have to give them a shout out. Um, but Dan, I'm, I'm writing up one of those, uh, wisdom Wednesday posts that I do a lot. And the topic is kind of the saying, it's always darkest just before the dawn. And so a lot of people look at that, like, oh, the good is coming. But I like to look at that saying as like, what do you do when it's dark out? Like, what do you do when things look the worst? Where does your mind go? And what brings you back to the dawn? And the saying I like to say to counter that is kind of like the sunrise will come sooner if you keep your head up instead of hanging it. And if you walk towards the horizon, so, there's things you can do to kind of make the good come. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do when you have a long season like this and it's grinding on and grinding on? What are the things that remind you to keep your head up? And what are the things that inspire you to keep going? When, uh, I don't, all these I don't seasons know can, it's
1: very difficult to change somebody's uh, mindset, um, the way they think, and because uh, I think it's really a, a pattern of the way you think. So, um, for me um, I can always fall back on all the times that I've gone 30 days and then the next day the buck comes walking in so I know what can happen at any time because I've had those experiences um, but the other thing for me is is just my the way my mind works and I don't I don't know that it's something that I control it's just the way I am I always concentrate on the good so I'm always thinking about, you you know, finding the positives and everything. Um, you you know, I, I think back of hunts were me and a bunch of buddies all went out to Western Wisconsin. We're all going to do this big early season hunt. It got to 85 degrees. You couldn't even wear a shirt. It was so sticky out. And, uh, it was the October lull and everybody went home. Everybody but me and rat slayer. And, uh, I was like, well, what the heck? And they're like, you can't kill a deer in this weather. They don't move in the heat. They don't move at this time of the year. They don't do that. I shot one of my biggest bucks that weekend. I, I changed my my pattern. I went and hunted water. So it's a matter of uh, trying to find the positives and the negatives. I never see things as negatives. I always see it as, well, they're doing something. What do you got to do to, to get them? Where are they in this situation? You know, mm-hmm. what's going on? I think the guys that have the most negative attitude are the guys that can't change the way they do things that don't, don't really hunt mobile. They hunt, even if they think they're hunting mobile, if you're hunting the same spots in the same way all the time, like a lot of guys always hunt with a rut type mentality, a rut type pattern, the way they set up, the way to do everything. You got to get into a mindset of hunting the deer with what they're doing and where they're going. And, 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 uh, your attitude will get better as you start seeing more deer because you're hunting in that manner. You just got to do. And another thing is, too, is is guys don't have confidence unless they do lots of scouting. So scouting will build confidence. You got to believe in your spots. You don't believe in your spot if you
2: don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I found that was a major confidence booster this year. And I think that's something that's really freeing about this style of hunting is like no matter what, there's something you can do. You know, the deer are going to bed. You know, if you're close to their bed, you know where the bed is. You're, you're going to be on them whether they move a lot or not just depends how close you need to get and, and where that bed's going to occur. So it's really freeing cuz you know, instead of hunting for a day to hunt, you're hunting those deer on the days you can. But Josh, what would you say for that?
0: Um, you mean you about your your uh
2: my uh, long drawn out question. The,
0: the darkest <laughs> before the dawn or whatever you said earlier. Yeah,
2: yeah, what do you what do you do when you feel most discouraged? What kind of brings you back from the brink?
0: Um, I think the quicker you realize is like nobody Nobody really cares, you know. You you gotta you gotta have that mindset that like, um I'm trying to f- figure out a better way of saying that Yeah, nobody cares, work harder. You know yeah. that that's like that's kind of true in deer hunting. Like, um, you know, it's it it is what you put into it and it's not if, if you're having a bad season it's nobody's fault other than your your own. Um, so feeling sorry for yourself isn't doing yourself any good. I mean Nobody else. It more or less just makes you look petty and like, you know, nobody wants to be around you when you're, when you're that way. I,
1: just, I hate people who whine and cry. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing too is you got to hang around with positive people mm-hmm. because uh, if you got somebody around you and I ain't got no, no all season, I uh, this, uh, me that, me that, it'll just drain you. You you'll get upset too. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to be around with people who pump you up. So if. Uh, you know uh, i'm hunting with uh jake and uh and josh here and uh uh josh is like yeah it's hot man this is cool we're gonna go hunt the water holes and jake's like it's 85 degrees nothing's gonna move I'm like jake <laughs> go home <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i was uh i was reading a, i'm reading a book right now uh it's a book by david goggins who's like a Motivational guy, ex Marine, whatever, ultra marathon runner. And uh, when he was in his early 20s, he was like, you know, 100 pounds overweight and working for some like pest control company, pretty much depressed, you know. And it turns out he was, ends up being this guy that's, uh, you know, uh, a Marine. He's, he he like beat the world record for most pull ups in a day. Two time, Um,
2: two time Navy SEAL, buds training. And then, yeah. Yeah.
0: And people always ask him about, like, what, uh, you know, why are you that way? Or how did you become that way? Because he's like, I I was not that way when I was younger. And he said his fear was, like, going to heaven and being this, you know, 100-pound overweight guy that worked as a pest control, um, pest controller for his whole life. And God getting up there and God saying, um, you know, you were supposed to be an ex, you know, a two-time Marine or whatever the what he what he's turned out to be so that was his motivation so i think you just got to find your motivation just keep going not not make excuses so
2: yeah yeah there's a lot of good lessons to take from him certainly and and you guys of course too that's why you got so many viewers on here now people itching to ask you questions you know it's it's probably pretty cool and i'm not gonna say you guys are like david goggins or cam haynes but people certainly look up to you in the same way so um i'm happy to be associated with people that have this kind of platform and knowledge to to share with the world so
0: well thanks man Come out yeah. this weekend
2: Vic. yep yeah i'm actually just uh i know you're talking about drone footage and stuff and um i'm just trying to iron out the last few things and charge up the the drone get the camera rolling so maybe josh you don't have all of the weight on your shoulders of all the recording. Josh, i won't be weekend that's right no, that's right I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be in the second weekend. the second weekend that's right yeah so yep. yeah i guess i'll do as much of the filming as possible for this and dan strap your go my gopro to your head and just go and be happy to be there so yeah
0: thanks for that. that's a good, good question man
2: thanks appreciate it see you guys <laughs> all right see ya see yeah all right we got
0: another 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 jake on hey, hey man
3: hey guys how you doing
0: good how are good. you good good
3: um quick question it might be a little bit um, specific for what I'm dealing with but uh, I think it could be applicable but I have a um, it's like clear-cut slashing we call it or whatever uh, up here and it's, it's fairly large maybe a mile by a half mile but um, it has <clears throat> it's kind of hill country but it ha- it's all small maybe a hundred foot of elevation change but they're the hills are right in the slashing and they'll go up and down and just be a knot, essentially just a knob sticking up. <clears throat> and I've gone up there and in, in the winter and things, and they're all bedding right on top. And it's fairly, it's really thick and it's pretty tall. I bet the trees are mostly, you know, 20 feet tall and whatnot, but, uh, but I don't, I, I'm struggling on how to, how to go about, Hunting that and and getting uh getting close enough, I guess, with a bow, where to catch them. You know, you'd think they'd be able to know you're coming from way far away. <clears throat> so that's what I'm kind of dealing with with that.
1: So so for me, the the biggest thing would be to do what you what you kind of already did is go in there and look at those beds in in winter time. Um, probably when there's no snow, so you can actually see where they're laying before there was snow, like during. Regular season, mm-hmm. really look at exactly where they're in there and how they're coming in and out of there. Look at the trails, follow them back and stuff, and find a point that you can get to without them hearing, seeing, or smelling you. Yeah, and to intersect at the fir- very first. And if it's and if it's uh, fifty yards from her, great. If it's two hundred yards from there, okay. But you get to that closest position you can get to where you can do a setup. And if you look at this time of the year and you set it up now and you have those those pins saved mm-hmm. and your route in and out saved and uh, you maybe you have to clean up a route a little bit. Maybe there's a fallen tree you got to kind of make a route through or around or something. But uh, you get that done now and then just okay. leave it be until it's time to hunt. Yeah. And uh, maybe you got to have several setups in there. You know what I mean for different directions that they go at different times of the year, or for different food sources, or whether they're chasing does or, or what they're doing. They'll come right. out of that, that in different at different phases of the year. And uh, at this time of the year, you'll be able to see all those trails. And uh, to have those setups done now, and to know your obstacles now, and to know how close you can get now is probably the right. ticket.
3: Yeah. I killed one buck in that, that same slashing, but I was hunting the edge, um, edge of it and shot him real early, like first week of the season. Uh, he actually had cut hair from a broadhead already. And I found that, I assume I found that guy's tree stand too, but, uh, but I, I got him on the edge and I, I hit him just, just back a little bit, but we found him. I, I let him sit when it rained, but a buddy of mine found him the next day in his bed, uh, on one of those hillsides and just tore up, you know, everything. It was pretty cool just to come back, mm-hmm. know exactly where he was living because he died in his bed. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Is but, it, uh, I got this, like where I hunted at in Ohio in my mind, Is like what I'm picturing what you're describing here. But like, um, do you ever think about like right now going in and kind of making a natural ground blind in there for yourself to where you yeah, to get yeah. closer?
3: I've, I've thought about it. Cause, uh, yeah, it's all those, like I said, whippy. Well, they're not even whippy anymore. They're six-inch round trees or whatever, yeah. four to six-inch round trees. But um, but there is they've left some big oaks for for seed, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, yeah. acorn seeding. But uh, but they're just telephone poles in the middle of this thing, you know. And right. uh, yeah, I've I've thought about that. There's a little corridor in there that that's always rubbed up and stuff. But but yeah, I think the access, the in and out, is is probably the the worst part about it, you know, yeah. trying to get yeah. in and out of there, but yeah. So, no, yeah, that's, anyways. that's kind of, yeah, I'll, uh I'll have to get back in there here early, early spring or, or whatnot. So i trying to get in and see if I can figure them out a little bit better. So,
0: All righty. Thanks, cool. man. Thanks Thank you. Thanks guys. Have a good one, Jake. Bye. Jake looks like he's done pretty well for himself anyway. What that wall looked behind him. Yeah. Um, All right. A few more questions here, guys. Uh, Josh Banks asks, what do you think is too thick versus not thick enough for a mature buck to survive in or I'm assuming he means like bed in? Mm -hmm. Hmm.
1: I think they like being right up against real thick. But I think uh, that real thick is too thick for normal travel and stuff. Um, You just, I mean, think about they got to be able to carry a rack through that stuff. So um, every time I've hunted really thick stuff, I have uh, spindly little bucks and does come out. The, uh, the bigger bucks travel the edges of that. And they use that for escape if they have to, and they'd have to crash through it. I mean, you j- try carrying a rack through it. How would you walk through yeah. that stuff? They got no hands to move the stuff out of their way. So they can go through it if they need to, like to escape or whatever. And they know that that's good escape but that's not how they travel. So, so thick cover is usually in pretty good, thick stuff, but there's actual trails they can get their racks through and down in, in my opinion. So, and that's from my observations across everywhere I've hunted.
0: Yeah. I've always, I mean, today I was at a spot where I, I got into it. And I'm like, I oh, freaking buck wouldn't want to be in here, you know? Mm. Um, I think they'll go in there if they have to, though, <laughs> you know. If they have to get away from something, uh, let's see here. A couple of people were asking about the camera arm, Dan. If that, if there's going to be a beast camera arm this year, kind of beat that one to death. Yeah,
1: I, I did the <laughs> final, our final camera arm, and I sent it to Mario to be okay. To haven't heard nothing back, so I'm still waiting.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people. I don't know. Do you feel like the the filming stuff's getting more popular? Yeah, I've had definitely. a lot of people ask me about that. Where I didn't, I don't. I always think like some of that stuff's irrelevant. Like some of the things we talk about with filming. Um But I mean, I get no. Constantly I think a lot of people
1: interest in that. I mean, it's it's yeah. not everybody, obviously, but uh yeah. probably twenty percent or thirty percent of the people have interest in filming.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, I think I've I think I'm wrong about that. I, th- I always thought like. Building a camera armor, like, ah, that seems like too niche of a thing for people to buy a bunch of them, but um, maybe not. Um, uh, scanning here, gotta give Elizabeth a shout out every time she's on because <laughs> she donates. <Elizabeth. laughs> oh, thanks, Elizabeth. Hopefully, you're uh, safe on the road right now. Driving down, there's another, I thought I saw another, uh, Donation here. I'm trying to get to it before we get off here. Bear with me, guys. Yeah, if you haven't yet, uh, make sure you hit the, the like button and um, subscribe if you like what we're doing. We're doing them a couple times a week right now. So Josh Banks gave us a, a donation, too. He asked some questions earlier. Uh, and we, we answered them. Um, that really helps, guys. Appreciate it are you uh, are you all prepared for the workshops this weekend Dan?
1: as prepared as I'm gonna be
0: <laughs> how many times have you uh, done them out there uh, where we're, you're going uh, a lot um, We've started
1: doing these workshops uh, Geez, I think it was around 2006 or something I don't know yeah. um, when, we, when we originally did them we used to go, um, we used to just take 10 people mm-hmm. and we go to, uh, Dave's farm. We'd do the whole farm and look at all the bedding in there, all the setups and stuff in there where I've mm-hmm. killed big bucks. And then we go out and do the same big one we do on the public land. Mm-hmm. And, uh, by that time we'd get, we'd start at, you know, like eight in the morning. And by the time we get done, it'd be getting the, we'd get to the trucks by like almost dark. And then yeah. we go, we come back to the house and eat. And, uh, it was it was crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a long day. Yeah, it um, was a long day. That's yeah. funny. All right. I'm kind of skipping around here, guys. Uh, if you guys could pick one food source to target, what would it be?
1: I don't really target food sources, but if I was going to it'd be acorns.
0: Early season and acorns. Mm-hmm.
1: I'd probably say the same thing.
0: I don't know. Where I live at, it's so hard to target acorns because there's so many of them. Yeah, it just um, depends where
1: you hunt. I mean, it could be the same thing yeah. here, too. But if you if you specifically seek out areas that have less acorns and smaller patches of it, even if you're in an acorn jungle, I mean, like if I was going to go uh, out to western Wisconsin and uh, in the hills and that's where I had to hunt and everything was acorns, I'd probably go down in the swamp, find an acorn island and hunt it. If You know, if right. it was early season and the acorns are dropping because you're going to have a hard time getting them to move in the hills, but in the swamp, they're going to move a long distance, to get to those acorns on that island. So it's relative. I mean, uh, you, you, it's like what we were talking about before. I mean, when it's, uh, 85 degrees out, you don't tuck your tail and go home and say, it's too hot to hunt,
0: mm-hmm.
2: figure out
1: what you're doing. Right. And find a way to hunt them. You know, it, it, where that gets hard is like, say, um, Say you got a two hundred incher living up on that hill and, and uh, where where you live, Josh, and uh he's on those acorns and now you're like, oh, okay, now what do I do? Yeah. He's got acorns dropping in his bed. Well then you have mm-hmm. a little bit of a figure 'em out. Right. Exactly. But if you're hunting deer, if you're just after a big one, well mm-hmm. then you can go hunt on the islands or whatever. But it's kinda hard, uh, I know it is for me when I'm onto something really big to just go shoot something that's one hundred forty or something when you know of something Mm -hmm. that's really Mm -hmm. giant yeah
0: the problem the big problem with acorns here in the hill country is the the fact that everything's so open too, for the most part you know where they it's it's really hard to get within um that distance of them coming to you in daylight hours if they have acorns and you know they can see that you know a vision is a big thing in hill country um i think if i had to pick one though like for in Indiana here, man, like a, um, a cornfield that's still in uh, and finding some good cover around it that's creates, you know, kind of multiple areas there where deer like to, to be. I like hunting cornfield edges during early season, especially if like, there's some scrapes or something along the edge. I killed a really nice 11-pointer um, over a scrape right outside of bedding that was against the the cornfield that was runs a lot of
1: pressure on cornfields
0: yeah i mean are you talking on, more private no i'm mean, just depends on uh what your definition of pressure is i mean uh you know early season around here it's usually not too bad we have some we have some like spots too on public that you have to walk quite a ways to get to a, the private crop fields uh-huh. um those hills keep people away, man. Sometimes they're pretty rough, uh, especially early season if it's, it's hot or enough. something.
1: It was, it was relaxing to get down by you and hunt all that public land and hardly see any, any bow hunters. Mm-hmm. We're like um, here, you see people all over the place. Yeah.
0: Yep. Thanks, Richard. If you got a question, man, let us know. Um, we appreciate the donation, Thanks though. Same with you. You uh, Furman Miller, super sticker. I need to educate myself on what all that stuff is. Uh, super stickers. And I see it pop up on my screen, but I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I can like, I know I can like sell people like emojis too. Like they can buy an emoji and they have like their personal emoji for the, for the shows where they can put them up. I gotta, I gotta. I Do you know, know,
1: those burdocks you get in your beard and you're in there for like a month.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: My, my <laughs> wife those super stickers. <laughs>
0: Super stickers, <laughs>
1: yeah. and you finally went out and it at the cat. <laughs> him like that. He She like,
0: goes <laughs> off the cat. Oh, goodness,
1: she wouldn't mind, but to get him onto the you know, the furniture, they'll sit on the furniture and yeah, lick super at it. Off, yeah.
0: Oh, that's funny. Um, guys, I think, uh, I think we're gonna wrap her up. There's quite a few more questions, but uh, I think we covered a Pretty good majority of them. Maybe maybe next uh, show I'll start at the bottom of the chat and make make my way up. That way we get to the people that are asking later. Um, anyway, Dan, thanks for talking about your your season. I yeah, know I sometimes I barely got it.
1: We just talked about wounded deer. We didn't talk about my season. We just talked about wounded deer, <laughs> which is which is enough.
0: Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll uh, rename this one. Dan talks about wounding all these deer this year. (laughs) You did kill some does this year though. Yeah. Michigan, you got a doe and so it's not like you didn't kill anything this year.
1: Yeah. It's hunting. I mean, um, you know, it's kind of funny is because the site's growing so, so much. I don't know if you've noticed, but you get, uh, guys on there that are just surfing now because, uh, when you get to a certain level, they start really putting your stuff out there. So you get these comments from guys like, like, uh, I just wasted 50 minutes. watching your show. And there's not a kill in it. Well, you
0: know, yeah,
1: we search for the videos that say 11 kills in 11 seconds. That's not us.
0: Yeah. You,
1: yeah. you know, I, th- I think there's, I think it's, uh, an interesting watch to watch. You know, it's almost like a reality show going through the hunts, seeing how the setups go and stuff and putting yourself in those places. I think, um, when you read the comments from the people that are passionate with our site, I mean it's pretty cool. But uh, we do get a lot of comments like that lately. About, yeah, um,
0: yeah. They go back I and always, forth. Yeah, not to harp on. We've covered this before on here, but it's like um, I don't know what people why people waste their time watching stuff or commenting on stuff they don't enjoy. It's like just don't no, watch sorry. it. You know, it's no, no. it's weird. It's super weird. Oh, it's funny. I can't believe, I mean, well, we I have don't
1: like, I don't like feedback that's like um, critical feedback that, yeah. that uh, you know, what people like and what they don't, and you see trends, but uh, what I'm talking about is uh, just random guys that just totally disagree with what we're doing. Right. It's why are you here?
0: Yeah. Well, you can, you can tell that they've never even, almost never even heard of us or anything when they walk. you know what I mean? Like they, they don't even know what we're about, like public land. like they don't get it yeah. at all. Like, one okay. guy
1: one guy uh, had a comment today. I, I actually removed his comment because it was kind of nasty. But he, in, in a roundabout way, he said, uh, I don't think you've killed a deer in 10 years. He goes, what are you doing with these videos? You know, and he, he kind of really got on me, you know, about, uh I mean, if he thinks I haven't killed a, a, a mature buck in my life and I haven't killed a deer in 10 years, he's obviously not watching the channel.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, well. Just let them. You, know, you just put that thing on where you can comment, but nobody can read it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't care if they if people make comments like that, but I'm sure it was. Well, the comment was way worse than what I just said. Right, right. Uh, I'm, not, I, I'm I know. not
1: removing him because he disagrees with what I do
0: yeah right he probably says some vulgar things in the comments. i I should have
1: probably made that real clear because otherwise we'll get all kinds of yeah (laughs) that's why i was bringing it up (laughs) i can't repeat the things he said on here yeah right let's put it like that yeah yeah that's something
0: else yeah we haven't really reflected on much about how much this freaking thing has grown like we have almost 400 people on right now it's that's crazy because we started uh you know about a year ago now on this one we've this is episode fifty one so fifty yeah. well a little less than a year ago now because we've done a couple of week, but um, yeah, I knew this
1: would take off really well i mean it's 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 a it's a pretty cool concept yeah and uh it is it is cool to watch how rapidly it's growing.
0: I don't think anybody at least that I've seen i mean there's pod like podcasts that are on YouTube that people can watch, but I don't think anybody does live stuff. Right. Um, this regularly, at least, I think there's some, ups, there are some, but not, um, not really, not really like this. There, but, will,
1: there will be people that copy you when they see your success, but, uh,
0: you,
1: you, know, really, uh, what makes a person successful is being original and being themselves. Yeah. There's a million copycats out there. There's only one Ted Nugent. There's only, you know, one yeah. Dan Info, there's only one Josh talker, you know? Yeah. Um, and when you're original, that's what's what's good. I mean, there's a there's a million people trying to be the hunt in public now,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: that they they've done that. You know, you know what I mean. But yeah. uh, what you got here is original. You're the first, you know, to do a, a to really do a hunting live show like this, and mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I think I like, you know, how we're doing kind of a couple of week now. It's something else that I, th- I was thinking a good deal is maybe like on like Thursday nights, it'll just be me and you. And maybe we could try to get some certain guests on uh, Mondays. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get some like like longtime beast members that have that are really good hunters on just, you know, people you may not have heard of, but would be good, good people to talk to. Um, you, you know what I'd
1: like to do is I would like to. Um, I don't know. We got to set it up. We talked about this a little bit. I don't know how we're gonna set it up, but we should set something up where we can get some uh, good feedback from longtime Beast members. Um, maybe some video footage if they got any, pictures of the big bucks they've shot, and some testimonials. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. on, on, on Beast gear or on um, learning things from from the years of the the forum, the the channels we've been on, the, the shows we've done, and stuff. Um, even going way back before you. It'd be really cool to get some of that, uh, testimonial stuff because I know I've, I've gotten um, messages and stuff from people that have shot state records and stuff using our tactics and things like that. Um, and I've never been one to like uh, run around posting their, their crap up all over the place. But it really would be cool if those people are open to sharing to put some videos together with some of those people just with their testimonials and pictures. And stuff. Yeah. We just have to figure yeah. out how to organize that. But I would enjoy that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think that'd be good. Something good to do this summer too, whenever, after we get through these seminars and whatnot and, yeah. um, it'll be. Yeah. The I think people
1: are holding up with the stress right back on us and set up seminars for us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Something else I think that just got like confirmed. We're going to do one of these at, uh, or we're going to be at the uh mobile hunter Very expo, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll do a live, a
1: live show there. And I think it's two days in it, or is it one day? Yeah, two days, I believe. Two days. I think we'll probably do two yeah. live shows back to back. Yeah, one each day.
0: That that's a long time away from now. Obviously, in July, we'll we'll talk about it more between now and then. But I know we got a lot of people from Michigan um, that watch yeah, us. Instead of have so. people
1: call them, we can pull them out of the crowd and stick them up on the stage.
0: Yep. Maybe anyway. You can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez we won't pants you I promise I won't maybe Dan will anyways thanks everybody for (laughs) getting thanks everybody for getting on tonight Uh, we'll we'll see you guys yeah we'll see you guys uh, next week talk to you later bye